He was right. I have the vision that you're. You do realize we're recording. Yes, yes. it's on. It's on Mark tape the now. calendar. <laughs> Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Okay, so today you're listening to an on-location recording, folks. I'm with Daniel and Tanya here in Goldendale, Washington, and I'm at the Goldendale Reindeer Farm, Ranch, Lodge. I'm going to just ask you both to introduce yourselves, and we'll start with how you ended up in Goldendale. Let's go with that and we'll work our way around to everything else. My name is Tanya. I am an emergency room nurse by trade. My husband and I both are emergency room nurses. Um, We live in Goldendale, Washington now, a little town we had never heard of until about 18 months ago. So I'm going to put you on the spot. So if you hadn't heard of Goldendale until 18 months ago, how did you hear about it? Well... That's a longer story. All right. Well, Dan, Dan, tell us your story first, then we'll come back. (laughs) Okay. Hi, I'm Dan. Um, I'm co-owner of Goldendale Reindeer Farm. I don't know if we've settled on farm or ranch or lodge. Lodge. (laughs) (laughs) The the interesting, yeah, the interesting story of how we found Goldendale is we went to a piece of property we found on line okay and we just drove up there and we're checking it out ourselves and thought well this is nice we really like it maybe we should call a realtor and put in an offer so we started heading back towards the town where we were looking at uh, which was lyle on on the columbia river and we're heading back towards lyle and we drove past a sign with a picture of a realtor and said hey let's give him a call that's the guy, you know, first first sign we see with, with the face on it. Uh, and it so happens that he turned out to be a really cool guy. He drove all the way over and you know met us and took us back to the piece of property, walked us through some of the good and bad reasonings for wanting, to, you know, looking in that area. He brought us to many other pieces of property in the because we kept saying we want to be on the Columbia River. We want to be on the river. So he he took us everywhere we asked to go. And finally, he's, you know, we just weren't finding what we wanted. And he said, have you guys looked in Goldendale? And I said, haven't even heard of Goldendale. <laughs> and he said, well, it's, it's only 15 minutes off the river. It's not that far. So if you want to come over and take a look at it, he said, that's where my office is based out of. That's where I live. He goes, it's not a bad little place. So we said, okay, we'll, we'll go check it out. Well, we didn't tell him this, but our first experience of coming to Goldendale, we took like a back roads to get here. And it took us over an hour to go from the Columbia River to Goldendale. So initially I was like, there's no way in the world we're going to Goldendale. I was kind of just humoring him because I didn't think yeah, that, that it was really 15 minutes off the river. And then it, so I just said, hey, you know. I kind of thought like Goldendale's way out of the way. And he goes, oh, no, no. He's, you have to drive up here and turn left. And boom, 15 minutes later, you're you're in town. And sure enough, we, we made the drive just to check it out the day before. Because I, again, still didn't believe him. Uh, so, <laughs> so we did it. And I was like, wow, that was way closer than the, the back roads we took. 
So yeah, so we're like cruising through these mountains, swervy roads and ups and downs. And I was like, man, nobody's going to want to drive through all of this just to come visit some reindeer out in the middle of nowhere. So that's really how we found Goldendale. The realtor gave us better directions. <laughs> we got here. It was quick, easy. And I was like, that was just 15 minutes off the river. And as soon as we hit town, we were like, this is nice. It's it's secluded. It's, it's not, you know, there's not a Walmart and a Target. And, you know, there's no real reason to come out this far for any, you know, just because you're sightseeing. Unless you want to come see some pretty mountains and come see some pretty country and go see some reindeer. So that answered my question, what came first, Goldendale or reindeer? So you had identified that you wanted to do reindeer. Correct. Okay. Let's talk about that. Why, I, I'm going to tease you, but why on earth reindeer? What What was the story? There's got to be, it's not like you went to PetSmart and go, oh, they're cute. Let's bring one home. <laughs> How? How did well, this happen? there is a story. Okay. So Daniel and I are emergency room nurses. So my mom had to have a hip replacement. So naturally, I would be the one to come up and be with her while she rehabbed from her hip surgery. She lives in Tacoma. So in order to make the whole experience more fun for both of us, I planned all these field trips. So the first field trip was walking down two steps of her front porch to my waiting car where we drove to the nearest Starbucks to get our celebratory mocha drinks to say, yeah, you did it. And with each day, we did a harder and harder field trip. So you made her drink like just black coffee the next day? Yeah, so it was harder. <laughs> if she couldn't make it. <laughs> okay. So we did all kinds of different things. We went to Paul's Bow and went to a restaurant on the second floor. We went up to Mount Rainier National Park. But for the very graduation field trip, the very last one, I had a very special plan. We were going to go visit a reindeer farm. A reindeer farm. Okay, so I'm going to stop you because how did that become the special plan? How did you identify reindeer as the graduating event? Well, I was just looking for stuff to do. And okay. I found this reindeer farm, and I thought, I've never seen a reindeer. I want to go see this. This could be really cool. And I just thought, I like unique, interesting okay. things to see and do. So he was coming up to help me drive my car home. So it was going to be the three of us, Mom, Daniel, and I. So, so to add a little bit to that story on how reindeer, <laughs> Tanya and her mom are extensive travelers. Okay. And... I I was never a traveler. I'd never left the country or gone anywhere prior to meeting Tanya. But she plans everything down to the finest minute detail. Um, so she reads all the Yelp reviews. Is it Yelp? Which one do you use? Trip advisor. Trip advisor. All the trip advisor <laughs> reviews. And like, she'll, oh, it got so many stars or so many of this. And I'm like, I don't ever look at reviews. I see something. I think, oh, I'm going to do that. You know, just go do it. And it might not be so awesome. Maybe I should have read the reviews. She reads all the reviews and all the everythings. <clears throat> so when she says she found reindeer online, she researched it extensively. <laughs> I mean, down to every little, like, where are we going to eat lunch? Where is everything? Yeah, where are we going to do every little part of this field trip? It was it was planned. Okay. So where, where did you go to see reindeer at? We went to the Leavenworth Reindeer Farm. Okay. And it was magical. So, so that's a long drive from home to sit was. in a car with a, yeah. with a new hip. This is three, why this was the graduation hours, trip. I think. Yeah, this was <laughs> One a big way. deal. Okay. Yeah. 
So you go to the reindeer, the Leavenworth reindeer farm. Yep. She toddles down there with her cane. She does great. She avoids all the antlers coming at her. She feeds the reindeer. And me, I was in love. It was love at first sight. I saw these animals and I just thought it was the most magical experience ever. Okay. So we left and went back to California. You know, mom's all healed up. And I was obsessed. I followed every reindeer farm I could find. I bought every book I could find about reindeer. I have a few reindeer stuffed animals, I'll admit. (laughs) And I was always like, hey, Daniel, did you know that reindeer are the only mammals that can see an ultraviolet light? And he's like, cool. I'm like, hey, Daniel, did you know they're the fastest swimmer of any deer that can swim six miles an hour faster than Michael Phelps? And he's an Olympic gold medalist? He's like cool usually those things are coming at me while i'm watching a really interesting tv show <laughs> or right before you go to sleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> or right like, when you wake up yeah it's like is this really the most appropriate time to tell me about reindeer facts like yeah, i just started a show <laughs> or i'm watching youtube i'm learning how to do something really important okay so you you went down the the reindeer rabbit hole i did and well and now we're sitting here in goldendale with reindeer hundred yards from me. I can see them looking out the window. I know we're oversimplifying it, but how did we get here? I mean, so how long was it between Leavenworth and Goldendale? Well, then COVID hit. Okay. Then COVID hit. Then COVID hit and our worlds changed. We couldn't travel anymore. We couldn't go out to eat. We couldn't do the things that we loved. We spent our days waiting for our next emergency room shift, which was quite sad. Often. And one day after a really difficult night in the emergency room, I said to Daniel, we should open a reindeer farm. And I said, okay. So you weren't watching YouTube? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Nope. We were actually laying down, getting ready to go to sleep. And she just said, we should do a reindeer farm and just head on our pillows looking at each other. And I said, okay, let's do it. When we wake up, start looking. Look for a piece of property. See, for me, the the, gold, the the reindeer experience in Leavenworth is a little bit different than it was for her. Okay. She fell in love with the animals. I've always loved being out rural, out in the country. I've always wanted to have large animals. I grew up, you know, I had a horse for a short period of time. Really enjoyed the experience. Um, so when I went to the Leavenworth reindeer farm, I was looking at the whole property. I was looking at the barn. I was looking at the reindeer, the turkeys, all the animals, just how they interacted with the people and the kids wanted to feed the turkeys. And to me, it was the whole experience was just like, I want something more like that, where you get to have not just reindeer, like reindeer are the magic behind the whole thing, but it's the people who come and visit it's the it's the dogs running around and the kids playing with the dogs and the kids playing with the turkeys and you know when sometimes when kids see the reindeer for the first time they get so big and excited but sometimes they're like oh that's that thing's big and scary but you put a turkey in front of them and they're just like oh that's my size it's perfect (laughs) they come for the reindeer but they fall in love with yeah they fall in love with the turkeys you know (laughs) so um i love the whole farm idea the, I mean, when I was at Leavenworth, it was it was the whole package. It wasn't just, I mean, they had these big, beautiful horses and they, they did so much. And they were really nice people being able to talk to them. You know, I liked the, the, the contact with the owners, you know, <clears throat> finding that where you you sometimes go to like 
I lived in northern New York, went to a place called Old McDonald's Farm for my one of my experiences with our kids. You didn't really get to talk to the people who you were talking to an employee who just feeds the goats or sheep or pigs. And they say, oh, that's a pig. <laughs> you know, well, cool. Thanks. What sound does a pig make? You know? <laughs> but they didn't really like go into the talking and educating you about it. And at Leavenworth, it was really neat. They did a little reindeer facts and reindeer talk that was really nice to be able to like the first time someone might ever hold some antlers in their hands is when they're learning about what antlers are and how they fall off every year and grow back and how that's really neat. And some people don't don't even believe that's the case. Like they don't know that antlers fall off. So when they say all of this grew in one year, they're just shocked. It is pretty shocking. I mean, it, it really, it really is. And you know, as of we're recording this in February, your, your rangers still have their antlers in there. I don't know, two foot, three foot length. I mean, if you're to stretch them out, maybe a little bit, even more than that, yeah. but oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're all pretty good size antlers. Yep, Jingle Bell's almost as tall as you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So it is kind of surprising to say that is that going to grow in a year? And then, well, we'll come back to reindeer facts. We'll we'll put that. So you go to you go to bed thinking, well, we're going to talk about reindeer farm, that, you know. And then, how long did it take from from we should open a reindeer farm to opening a reindeer farm? It was about two years. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Start to start to finish it. It was literally an hour after we woke up where we were deep diving into like she was looking at property and I was looking into like state regulations because initially we were we lived in California. We were going to try to do it in California. Mm -hmm. And she's she's looking for property in cool parts of the state. And I'm looking at regulations thinking like, what is it going to take? What's this going to cost? How much property do we need? Mm -hmm. If you find five acres, but we need 10, it doesn't matter. So. Let's let's like sort it all out. And so I went straight into the the fact finding and she went into the property finding section and we were just going at it and finding out that California was a bust. We then moved. OK, we'll do Oregon. We know there's reindeer in Oregon, so we'll, we'll head up to Oregon. And we took a road trip to Oregon. We found the perfect little town. We knew we fell in love with exactly what we wanted. And then I found the regulations. Can't do it in Oregon. And so we drove from Oregon to Washington. <laughs> So what, okay, I jokingly say Portland's dead to me all the time, but um, <laughs> what town was that in Oregon? That you, Sisters, Oregon. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes, close I to Bend, close enough to a, to a big town, yeah. but still rural and still country and right yeah. there no, with these big, beautiful, beautiful mountains. That's no, a beautiful area. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I grudgingly have to say that's yeah, a beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you came north. You wanted to be by the Columbia. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be on the dry side. I grew up in Federal Way on the wet side, and I said I would never move back to Washington when I left 25 years ago. Okay. And here we are. Yeah, careful what you ask. <laughs> careful, careful what you wish for. I mean, I, I get true. it. I, I get it. Never I, say never. Yeah, never right. say. Yeah. So you were wanting to be by the Columbia, but that didn't pan out. But you are. What's funny is that if you're you're right, Goldendale is is pretty close to the Columbia, so you guys can go down and see the river. Mm-hmm. What half hour maybe? It's fifteen yeah. minutes. Fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, 15, 20, yeah. The way you drive five. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a reference that wasn't recorded earlier, folks. You'll just have to put up with us. So you found the land. You had to move jobs, though, right? Yeah. Yes. So being a real estate agent, you know, that's always tricky when when people are moving into an area that, you know, and you're leaving your, your job behind and finding a new job and then trying to get the bank to say, oh, okay, we'll loan you some money. How hard was it to find jobs up here? Easy. We had offers within days. 
We're nurses. Right. So one of the things, I had previously moved states. Um, so being a nurse, I got my nursing license in New York. Okay. So I knew, oh, I'm going to move, move back home to California. You know, start six months early and get your license. Mm-hmm. So the second she said, we want to do reindeer farm, and I ruled out California, I said, apply for your Oregon nursing license. So we got on, we applied for our Oregon nursing license. And then... Oregon was a bust. I said, hey, apply for your Washington and your Idaho nursing license. So we applied. Um, so that's the that's the biggest hurdle is okay. waiting the six to eight months it takes to get your nursing license in the mail. And then from there, once you have that certificate in hand, if you will, plenty of jobs. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So where do you guys work at now in relationship to where we are? How far is work? Uh, seven minutes. For him, it's 40. For me, I work in the Dells. Oh, so you work down in Oregon. I work in Oregon. Okay. So you work in Oregon and you work... I work here in town. In town. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's not too bad. Um, We found that, you know, initially we wanted to be by the river because we came up in, I think it was 2017, we did some camping and some hiking and sightseeing and we love the river area. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we started looking for property along the river, we realized like there's not a lot of really cool pieces of property that you can see the river and enjoy outdoors stuff. Most of those really cool pieces of property, they're gone. They've already been picked up and they're, you know, they're multi-million dollar properties now. Or they have two commas in them, yeah. Right. So there's just no, um, there was no finding what we wanted on the river. So we kept moving further and further back and realizing that the further we moved up into the mountains, one, it's not near the river. Two, it's harder for people to come visit Mm -hmm. if they have to drive on these small mountain roads, which are really windy and twisty and usually steep. Um, So when the realtor suggested Goldendale and I was kind of like, let's go check it out. You know, we've already looked at all these other really bizarre places. Let's go look at this little one. Um, So we drove into town and for me, it was like, oh, this is really nice because everything's just easy access. The town's right off the highway. Our our street is right off the highway. Mm -hmm. You know, everything was, aside from our bumpy dirt road out here, everything was pretty quick and easy to like drive right up to our driveway here. Um, and initially when we came and looked at this piece of property, Tanya was like, Oh no, 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 no. Was and the house here or was it just the home? house was here. Okay, yep, so the you... house and the shop were here. Okay. Um, the little white barn over there that was here, but it was not, it only had three walls. It okay. was, a, it was like a hay and horse storage area, okay. um, horse loft. But Tanya came in and she was like, no, 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 no. And I walked up and I was like, Oh, this is it, man. Like we're, we're here. We're home. And in she, my defense, we built the home we lived in in California. Yeah. We it was a brand new home. It was, it was just beautiful. This is this, this is a real estate conversation. It's so funny that you <laughs> liked it, and you. It, this is the way it always works. If the wife doesn't like it, you're not getting the house. Well, so, 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 so I had a caveat to that. <laughs> Before we left California, we sat down and I said, make a list of everything that is a necessity in in a new new place we're going smart so she wanted a mountain view Mm -hmm. we needed to have kind of open land for for reindeer um and you know we just we both wrote our our desires on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. so the thing tanya didn't like was the house was a little bit dated initially and that was that was kind of the the deal killer for her she just left this brand new beautiful home we had built and we picked every little aspect of what we wanted and she didn't have the vision walking into this place and saying oh we can make this what we want i wasn't even looking at the house 
I I had a list in my hand that had certain criteria. She wanted a mountain view. I wanted a shop. This house has both. This piece of property has both. It needed to be open and ready to build on. This one is. The last one we looked at had five acres of all trees, which, which would have been a year of cutting down trees for me. Um, so this, this just ticked off every box. So I had to pull the list out of my pocket and say, look at this list. You did not write on here that you wanted a pretty house. That's not on the list. So true. we're going to use the list and we're going to make a decision based on what we found. And this is it. And we can make the house what we want it to be. And he was I, right. I have the vision that you're. You do realize we're recording. Yes, this. yes. it's on, it's on Mark tape the now. calendar. <laughs> you have the vision being in real estate where you can walk in and look at something and say, oh, it just needs new floors and new paint. I've, I've remodeled many homes and I walked in here and I was like, this has good bones. It's good structure. These windows are amazing. And we laugh because we drive by so many homes up here. We have these big, beautiful mountain views. And these houses are turned the opposite direction and they like have the side of the house facing the mountains with not a single window. And it's like, what are they, why'd they build a house right there? They're missing the view. They're looking at the field. Right. Crazy. This house has these big monstrous windows that look right at all of our mountains. It's gorgeous. So when you bought the house, we still haven't got reindeer here yet. Nope, no, no, nope. uh-uh. So, did you go down to you know reindeer mart and just pick up a couple? Or I wish so, it were that easy. What, so, let's walk through obtaining the herd. So we there's a couple reindeer groups in the country. Uh, we joined those groups to learn more about the reindeer, so we could prepare for this. And through networking, we met a very nice couple who was retiring from their herd. Mm-hmm. on the west side and we became friends they became our mentors and and they sold us their herd okay how long did that process take we had probably known them for almost a year before we got the reindeer from okay. them okay we moved to this piece of property in october of 2010 and we brought our herd home in april of 21 in 2010 or 2020 2020. I'm sorry. You said 2010. I didn't mean 2010. <laughs> okay. 2020, we moved here, okay. and then 2021. So okay. it was about six months. Okay. Yeah. What's been the biggest surprise about reindeer, owning reindeer? That's a tough one. They. So the biggest surprise for me, again, I, I go back to that. I was looking at all the regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest surprise to me was that the state and federal regulations don't match up. shouldn't be a surprise but uh, you know uh, so I went with federal regulations and started looking at everything that way because that's where most of the people in the reindeer groups that we were talking to were like oh you know these are big deals you know you're going to get a lot of inspections from the USDA so I was focused a lot on what the USDA recommended and wanted Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I started building everything around and then found out that like some state regulations uh, also need to be looked at and taken into consideration. Like what? Give me an example. Um, so the USDA says a six foot fence is, is, is acceptable for having the reindeer um, in the pen. And the state wants an eight foot fence. So it doesn't seem like such a big deal, but I've built fencing twice and it's, it's, it's six feet. So one of my tasks I'll be doing this year is extending our fence by two feet to, to meet the state regulation. Well, how, okay. So, but you're currently your fences are six feet tall, but mm-hmm. so the state 
allows you this temporarily? Yep. Yeah. So I've been in conversations with them and, they, and I, I, I said, hey, is this something that has to happen today? Mm-hmm. And they said, no, no, we just want you to get it done as quick as you can. You know, take 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 the time you need to get. I mean, they, they know it's all wet and okay. muddy and it was covered in snow. And so they, they, they give us some time to do it. But um, it's basically it's not about the reindeer staying inside the fence. It's about keeping other deer from jumping into the reindeer pen. So they're looking at it from the perspective of they want to keep the state wildlife safe. Um, oh. So that's that's the reasoning, which makes perfect sense. Um, and the USDA, <clears throat> excuse me, the USDA is looking at it from the reindeer perspective. They, they look at just the reindeer. They don't take into consideration, oh, we got to keep all the wildlife safe. We, They're giving you regulations based on keeping the reindeer safe and keeping the reindeer healthy and keeping, you know, that part, you know, in taking that into consideration. The state's looking at the domestic, or not the domestic animals, but the wildlife animals. And they want to make sure that a cougar isn't going to get in. They want to make sure that regular deer aren't going to get in. They want to make sure that the, the fencing is secure along the whole property line to, you know, prevent them from escaping and getting out into the wild. So it's just two different viewpoints, but it's 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 all very important stuff. So okay. um, I just you know I was kind of caught off guard because I didn't take that into consideration initially. So um, as far as the animals go, the most interesting or or biggest struggle for me was things that we've never owned large animals. So like we have to manage hoof care. Um, I was thinking like, oh, well, it's to be like shoes. What is your horse, horses? We'll just call a horseshoe guy and say, hey, come on over and you know take care of this for us. And they say, no, we don't deal with the animals with antlers and stuff like that. Well, let's talk. Let's talk hoof care then. I never thought I'd say that. Um, <laughs> I never thought this would be a conversation. What What do you have to do? to maintain their their hooves you have to trim them you just have, you know it's not it's not rocket science it's not super complex um you have to be able to look at them and say oh those those hooves are getting a little long and we need to just take out the the hoof trimmers and trim them up um but when you're looking at a large animal that doesn't want you to touch their feet and they have antlers yeah you know it makes it a little bit more challenging so it's more than a one-man job uh, we have a special squeeze we can bring them into, but even that makes it like, like hoof trimming is hard um, from from that perspective. And it, again, never having done it, you know, there's not a YouTube video I can watch. <laughs> well, maybe you should record one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be in the makes. <laughs> that, but, but now might be, that could be your moneymaker. There's like YouTube ads on ranger hoof trimming. Well, let's let me just because this is the way my brain works is like, okay. How often are you trimming their hooves? Well, so and, ideally and what's you're doing gone it, wrong. Yeah, so ideally you're doing it in the in the spring or when they don't have their antlers. You're going to do all their animal health care, okay, um, all at one time, and then you're going to watch them throughout the year, and you're just going to trim them as needed. You know, sometimes a hoof cracks or chips if they step on a big rock, mm-hmm. things like that. You have to do some maintenance, um, but. You know, ideally, you don't wait till they have full-grown antlers and they're sharp and pokey before you start thinking about trimming hooves, which we didn't. We did, that's not what we got into, but it was just one of those things where, you know, oh, we have a, a cracked hoof. Let's go wrangle a reindeer, get him, get him caught, get him on a lead, walk him around a little bit, see see what the problem is, and then address it. And I think Tanya ended up with two bloody noses that day <clears throat> because, again, you know, they they move their heads around, they they. You know, they're trying to pull their feet out of your hand and 
They walk around in circles. So you have to be standing in the right spot at the right time. And if you're in the wrong spot at the right time, you get, you know, bloody nose. Or you end up with a reindeer on your back. So. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are emergency room nurses. <laughs> That's how about you, Tanya? What was what was what's been surprising for you? I'd have to say it's more on the relational aspect. Like I knew people were going to come here and like feel how magical it was to be with these reindeer, but the stories that people have shared with us have been pretty precious. Okay. We had an event over Christmas where people came and visited, and we had people send. <clears throat> pardon me send us messages that said thank you so much for welcoming us to your farm my dad's on hospice this is going to be the last christmas we have together and we we made some really precious memories on your farm and ones that we'll never forget things like that just very touching we're emergency room nurses we're used to being with people on the worst days of their life so it's been so amazing to have the opposite side of that coin to be able to see the people in their most joyful days so I, i'd say that's been one of the best parts okay let's let's if we were playing jeopardy it'd be like <laughs> ranger ranger facts for 200 please <laughs> share with us some interesting reindeer stories reindeer facts i mean what yeah, just let's go with that because you shared a couple before we hit recording. But what should people know about reindeer that well, they might not know outside of you know Rudolph and you know Donner and Blitzen? And all well, that stuff? they're pretty amazing okay. if I do say so myself. But most likely, all of Santa's reindeer are female. The boys generally drop their antlers before Christmas time. And the girls generally drop them February on. So all of Santa's reindeer have antlers, so they're either females or possibly a castrated male. Maybe Palmer. <laughs> Why don't you explain who Palmer is? Let's... Palmer is our steer. He is a castrated male. And because he's a steer, his testosterone levels are a little different, so he holds on to his antlers a little bit longer than a, an intact bull would. Okay. What else? Reindeer factoids. Reindeer for 400, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the things I like talking about the most <clears throat> for reindeer facts is that um, in almost every country that they live in, if they're not the wild caribou, if they're domesticated reindeer, they are beasts of burden. So they pull. They pull sleighs. They pull sleds. Um you know, the military in Russia, the military in Finland, the military in Norway uses them to transport goods and troops and everything out in the Arctic areas where horses wouldn't be useful and where, you know, a, a vehicle's engine could freeze. You know, you, you can't have a, a mechanical piece of equipment up in Siberia for six months without running it every single day and doing proper maintenance on it. If it sits for any length of time, the cold's going to destroy it. Whereas a reindeer lives there every day and you can saddle them up to their pulling sleigh and you can put the troops and their equipment on there and the troops can take it off and go. So we've, uh, we've seen videos as, you know, from 2021 with Russian troops training with reindeer in the, in the freezing, like 40 below zero weather. Okay. That's interesting. That's, that's <clears throat> amazing. All right. Reindeer facts for 
600. Oh, it's the daily double. You get to go twice. Tell us, tell us a couple of, a couple more interesting reindeer facts. That's, that's fascinating to me. I'm the whole, okay. Google it. You'll see a Russian troop with a gun with their reindeer. It's pretty amazing. That's pretty wild. Okay. So have you heard that song up on the rooftop? Click, click, click. Once or twice. Yeah. So reindeer actually do click. They have a tendon in their legs that snaps over a bone every time they take a step. So the clicking sound is something that the reindeer make. So when you're out in the reindeer pen, you can listen for them and hear them clicking. So scientists believe that the reason they have this is to help them to stay together in the whiteout and in the darkness and find each other. Oh, interesting. A survival mechanism, if you will. Okay. Pretty cool. So that's why they're not stealthy. Got it. That's right. All right. Although they can be kind of sneaky. Well, I observed that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> next, go ahead. What, what You have to share two this time. Okay. So what's the next one? Reindeer are masters of thermoregulation. So that means they're very good at controlling their temperatures. Okay. They have really big noses that are covered with fur. They're the only deer that have fur on their noses. In fact, reindeer have fur on every part of their bodies except their eyeballs. Okay. That's a fact in itself, but they have really large noses and the noses help them to stay warm in the winter time because it warms the air before it gets into their core in the winter time. And then in the summertime, those huge nasal passages cool that air before it gets into their core and that helps them to stay cool. Okay. So when I think of reindeer, I think of cold weather, Arctic Circle time, mm-hmm. you know. Didn't think about Russian troops, but <laughs> you put that image in my head. But how do they handle warm weather? I mean, when you said you wanted to go to California, I'm thinking, I'm thinking reindeer and palm trees don't kind of match in my my brain. But since Finland, Russia, and all that's much colder than here typically, how do they handle spring summer weather? So the reindeer are pretty well at adapting to different climates. Um, they have them in Southern California. They have them in Texas. There are reindeer farms in Arizona as well. All places that you know are, are warm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the ways that they manage their their body temperature, like Tanya was saying, the masters of thermoregulation is they use their legs almost like a radiator. And the warm blood that flows through their legs, their legs are really skinny. There's not a lot of body fat on them. Uh, so the warm blood that runs through their legs, it just you know radiates heat off. Um, it's almost like an evaporation mechanism. But what they really like to do is stand in water. And water absorbs heat five times faster than air does. Um, so if they're standing in the water at any, any level in their leg is in the water, then they are basically losing heat into the water. Uh, so what they are doing is they're cooling the blood that's going through their legs and that cooler blood is moving up into their torso and it's just continuing that cycle. I don't see any kiddie pools. They're in the Come shed. back in July. Yeah. So really, is that what they're standing <laughs> in is kiddie pools? That's what we have now. We're working on... Um, Tanya doesn't know this. I'm working on possibly building a little a reindeer, pond out here. A reindeer here. pond? Yes. <laughs> so that's in that's in my the back of my brain. That would probably be a, a year or two away from here. But we use kiddie pools for now. We we change the water in them. We, we dump the water out, make a big mud spot also where we run a sprinkler so that there's a you know a little bit of water in the soil because they'll just lay in it and they'll put their legs up against that muddy water or that muddy soil. And again, that water in the soil is pulling the heat right out of their legs while they're laying down even. Okay. 
So our, our summer here, our, our highest day was 118 degrees this last summer. So we, we did have some really, I mean, very, very hot days. So their, their area is not shaded. Right. I mean, it's just I'm looking out here. What what was it like for them? I mean, what were they just all? So we put up. We have sun cloths that we, or sunshades that right. we put up. So we um in the, our summertime and our wintertime farm look a little different. So we we basically wrap the whole entire pen with sunshade um, oh. on those six foot fences. So there'll be um you know a little bit of it does two things. It it kind of cuts down on on how much wind blows through because mm-hmm. it gets rather dusty up here also. Okay. Um, so it cuts down on how fast the wind blows through. Um, it provides some shade at the lower levels. And then I put up a big pole and we run the shade cloths right up that pole. Um, and we do that from several different directions in the pen so that no matter where the sun's going, there's it's casting a, a little shadow. Mm-hmm. And then there are loafing sheds that you see out there. Those are all turned in a position to where in the morning the sun comes up um you know in the east shines right into two of them which makes them warm up a little bit um but on the back side of those they're casting a long shadow Mm -hmm. so in the morning they tend to be sitting on the back side of the loafing sheds and in the evening time when the sun is on the back they're on the front side of the loafing sheds where we are facing so that they always do have that you know the, the structures casting shadows as well okay Tanya, when we were out there, you mentioned hollow fur. Yes. Why don't you share that with everybody? (laughs) Yeah, so reindeer have a double-layered coat. Their outer winter coat is hollow, like a straw. So this helps them to insulate. They're much like igloos. Like, it'll snow out there, and the snow will just pile up on them Mm -hmm. until they shake and fluff it off they're so well insulated the snow does not melt even when it lands on their fur but the special thing the thing i think is pretty cool about the hollow fur is that it makes them float you wouldn't really look at these reindeer and think to yourself now that's a good swimmer but they are they're the fastest swimmers of all the deer they can swim six miles per hour which is faster than michael phelps the olympic gold swimmer so that hollow hair helps them to float and swim really fast I was just thinking, yeah, never mind. I won't, <laughs> I won't share that one. Uh, so how many how many reindeer do you currently have in your, is it a herd, a flock? What, you know, it's herd, a herd. herd. Okay, the herd. Yeah. We've got five reindeer, five ranging re- in age from about three and a half to about nine. Okay. We hope to expand our herd. From a longevity standpoint, where are they at? In I mean, how long do reindeer live? Between 15 and 20 years in okay. captivity. So middle, young to middle age then? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're okay. pretty spry so far. Okay. Well, so when we were out there f- f- and you had me feed them, which was, was, was entertaining. They kind of... Is, are they using their, their antlers as a... I don't want to say a weapon. That's not... One, but they, they, they're kind of... Yeah, kind of. I mean, kind of weaponized them a little bit, haven't they? They're kind of like if they want your attention, they're going to probably swing their head and and, and smack you with one of those well, antlers. they do have a pecking order, much like if you were to have chickens or any other kind of animal, there's a pecking order. And it all depends on who has the biggest antlers. So this pecking order changes throughout the year. So right now, maybe Sprinkles is the top 
reindeer and she's kind of in charge. But once she sheds her antlers, that pecking order is going to change. And the one with the biggest antlers is going to move up into that top spot. And they will come up to one another and they'll bonk each other with their antlers like, I'm bigger than you, move out of the way. And you'll see that a lot during feeding time. They'll come and knock each other off the bowls and the one with the biggest antlers eats first. Yeah, and you can see the the range in their personalities. Sometimes they're using their antlers and they're very playful. Um, so they'll walk up to each other and they'll just kind of dip heads and they'll touch antlers and they touch them lightly mm -hmm. to each other in a sense you can hear them clacking but they're not pushing head to head and they're not trying to be aggressive where they push across the pen our pen is 170 feet long we've seen days where they push each other from one side of the pen to the other and it's very aggressive and you don't want to be standing in the middle or even behind them when they're doing that because they'll just bowl right over you um so there's days when they're just they walk up, they lock antlers and they just kind of rattle them around and they're just being playful mm -hmm. or they go up to the trees with their antlers and they'll toss the trees around or pick them up and carry them around and drop them off somewhere else. Elaborate on that, please, because you just said they pick up trees, which to somebody listening might. Oh, yes, we have <laughs> we have Christmas trees. So we bought um, Christmas trees at Christmas time. Um, we bought about 100. And we threw about 30 or 40 of them in with the reindeer so that they have some enrichment. You know, they like to be playful. So the trees are all pre-cut. You know, you know, they're just sitting out there. So they will pick them up with their antlers and drag them to one side of the pen. And they'll spend an hour or two just basically peeling all the bark off um, with their antlers for fun. Um, reindeer games. Yeah, reindeer games. <laughs> uh, some days, you know, like we've had a couple of visitors come over and pick up a tree and walk up to a reindeer and like post it right in front of them. Mm -hmm. And the reindeer will just go up while the person's holding it and they'll just rub their antlers up and down the tree. And, you know, it's just it's 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 not aggressive to the point where it's pulling the tree out of their hand. It's just it, it almost looks like really like they're trying to scratch a, a itch on their forehead. Right. Um, they're just, they're working at it like, oh yeah, that's, that's, I like that. That's a good spot. Hold that tree right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then there's times when they are literally using their antlers to say, hey, you are way too close to me. My antlers are three feet long. I'm going to put them right in front of you and I'm going to move my head left or right. And that's how far you should be away from me. And there's times where um, Willow is one of our ones who likes to do it the most. She'll, she'll walk up and kind of put her antlers around you and she'll tap your hips with the antlers. And literally she's tapping, boom, boom, boom. And you're like, what do I do? If you grab them or push on her, then that's the signal that another reindeer would give of, hey, I want to push and I want to I want to have fun with you. We don't want to do that as people. So when she does that to us, she puts her, her antlers on our hips and kind of taps us. You walk away and then she's like, oh, you don't want to play. OK. And then there's times where she'll come up behind you and, you know, you'll be doing something and she'll poke you right in the bottom. Go, hey, what are you doing? And you're like, whoa, what are you doing? You know, have you ever pushed back? Have you ever tried to play? We really discourage it because, you know, very much like training a dog. If you train them to do something bad, mm -hmm. they see it as. Right. You want them okay. to do that and, right. and then they're going to continue that behavior. So we discourage it. Um, there are times when um, during rut, rut is a time where their behaviors change. They're a little hormone driven. You know, they, they act differently. Mm -hmm. um, you might have to push yourself out of their antlers and move out of their way. Um, but really, the, the big thing is just awareness. You know, you're going into a pen where there's five animals that are larger than you. They have their own personality and they're not tame you know, 
they're not tame animals. They don't come sit, stay. So (laughs) you, you have to be mindful of the fact that every time you walk in the pen, there is a possibility that something like someday, um, one of the reindeers was standing right in front of me and I was like, Oh, this is great. She's letting me pet her nose and everything was wonderful. But another reindeer comes up behind her and pokes her in the butt with her antlers because she's more dominant. The one that I'm petting wants to run away they don't want to get poked in the butt either so (laughs) they try to run away and if you're standing in front of them you might be the you know they're on the receiving end of a pokey antler so it's not intentional but it's just one of those like oh i gotta get away from the mean one over there sure you're in the way you get it you get you know i caught a tear in my sweatshirt you know i've had some bruises under my arm because you're petting and you're just like oh this is great and then they you do something they don't like, you move too fast or you touch their ears in a way that they don't want you to do it and they shake their head. You know, So they have their own personalities, their own likes and dislikes. And just like me, if someone walked up and stuck their finger in my nose, they'd probably get swatted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, one thing you, you, you just mentioned that they're larger than us. So mm-hmm. how how much do these reindeer weigh and, and are they... a Normal sized? Are these giant? Are they small? So I'd say they range from about 250 to 350 pounds is our male. Um, So for this breed of or or subspecies of reindeer, this is the average size. Okay. Um, The reindeer is a general classification. It's like if I were to say dog, Mm -hmm. not all dogs are the same. You know, so there's reindeer and there's reindeer all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, The North American reindeer the, the u.s and canadian reindeer is is the caribou uh the caribou is a reindeer it's not reindeer our caribou okay. um so when you look at subspecies of reindeer there's the ragnifer tyrandis is their generalized species and then ragnifer tyrandis tyrandis are is the species of reindeer that we have they are a siberian reindeer they come from the siberian peninsula in russia that's where they are originally genetically from um, here in the States, it would be Ragnifer Tyrandis caribou. That's the wild caribou we have in the United States. Um, back in the 1800s, the Siberian reindeer was brought from Siberia over to Alaska to provide an alternate meat source for people who went to Alaska during the gold rush. Okay. Um, there wasn't enough fishing and whaling in the industry to, to, to feed all the humans that went up there all at one time. So the U.S. government supplemented that by going over and getting reindeer from Siberia. So the reindeer we have came originally from Alaska. So in the 1800s, they were from Siberia. They lived, you know, 120 years um, in Alaska. And then they came down to the United States for the reindeer farming industry. And that's how they ended up here in Goldendale. Okay. Sounds like you were on ancestry.com. A little bit, yeah. yeah. How's he, re- how he related to Rudolph? <laughs> Wait. Well, let's talk about the farm experience now. So when somebody comes to visit, what are they going to experience? What's what, what's going on here? What in today what's going on here today and then let's talk about maybe what's what you hope for you just found out you were going to get a reindeer pool maybe so (laughs) maybe you can share something you haven't shared with him but you know what's what's kind of in the future look like for you because this was your first year of being open to the public yeah we've been open since october 1st okay so yeah not even six months yet 
Okay. So if somebody, so how does somebody make arrangements and all of that to come and experience the reindeer? So we do small group reindeer experience tours, a maximum of 12 people. We want to keep the experience small and intimate, safe for people and the reindeer. Mm -hmm. So folks can go online, goldendalereindeer.com and pick a spot to come and visit us. So you've got online registration. We sure do. Excellent. Okay. We start out in our little reindeer barn. We do some reindeer education. We bring a deer in where we talk about all the cool facts about reindeer and how to be safe around them. And then we have the opportunity to go inside the pen to feed and pet and interact with the animals, which is a unique experience. It's not available in very many places in the country. So we are a year-round farm, though, and we're doing different things all throughout the year. I think our vision really is to create a place where people can come together and just enjoy time together. In the times of COVID and all the isolation and everyone's been alone, I think we've lost a lot of the being together part of life. And we want this to be a place where people can come and meet up with their friends and do something special, but then linger and play game, play long games or have a picnic or just enjoy time together, not on their phones and make some special memories. Okay. And do you envision other animals besides the turkeys and the reindeer? I mean, are you going to bring... I get one yes. So folks, folks, you can't see this. So it's well, one shaking their head yes, one shaking their head no. So, so for me, there's there's a couple. You know, obviously, there's certain things when again looking at the um, safety of the reindeer. Sheep and goats are a no go. Can't what? have sheep and goats. They carry a spore that could kill reindeer. Oh. Um, so we have to do a lot of biosecurity as far as cleaning shoes, cleaning hands, things like that. Um, for anyone who might be um, you know, in and around the farm, handling the reindeer, stuff like that. Um, so we don't have, we won't have sheep or goats. Um, I don't like ducks or geese, so we won't have ducks or geese. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you know, Tanya wants to have a cow. Cows um, don't really bring a lot of, I, I want, they bring meat to the table if you eat them, but they don't really bring a lot of um, purpose to come visit a cow, you know, per se. Okay. Um, they eat a lot. They don't really provide a lot. So if we could get a cow that was a pregnant female or had just had recently had a baby, you know, you can go out and milk it and get milk. That's a lot of work. We don't, we don't want to do stuff like that kind of farming. Okay. Um, but I would love to have like a, a miniature cow or maybe a donkey or something other animals that can coexist with the reindeer Mm -hmm. um where the reindeer came from they the the family did have were they miniature donkeys they were they were minis because they run a business now called um santa's magical minis um so i think they were miniature donkeys they were really super cute Mm -hmm. you know We'd love to have other animals on the farm. I kicked around the idea of having pigs. Then our neighbors got a pig for 4-H, and they're very stinky. So I'm trying to find a pig that doesn't make such a mess. Uh, okay. I'd like to have like a little pig or something. One consideration about having other animals, though, is because we are a USDA-certified farm, mm-hmm. we have to make sure any other animal we have complies with those regulations, which means a whole nother vet plan of care for that particular species, inspections, and everything that goes along with it. So in my thought, sometimes it's better just to stick with one thing and do it really well rather than to end up down many roads. Well, that's interesting. So 
couple of questions. The easy one is, do you plan on more reindeer? Yes. yes. Okay. So ultimately, what does that number look like? We'd like to have a couple dozen. Okay. It's not like you said, going down to reindeer RS and picking up a few reindeer. So that's the tricky part. Okay. But we're hoping to get a breeding bull in the future and have babies. So a question I had earlier that kind of, I'll weave it in here. Medical care, it's not like, you know, was there's a local reindeer vet. It, do reindeer, and then you mentioned that sheep and goats could have problems with reindeer. Are reindeer fragile? I mean, are they, I mean, I'm in the sense that, I mean, health-wise, are they, if they can't be around sheep, sheep and goats, are there other things that they need to be kept separated from? There are, um, you know, so the sheep and goats carry a spore that affects reindeer. It doesn't affect other deer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think it's one of those things where you look at the genetic diversity of herds and like elk have been in this area for many, many years and they've developed immunities or, you know, ways to to mitigate different viruses and different issues. Um, Over on the East Coast, there's a tick that's... Babesia. It causes babesia. So tick-borne illnesses of great concern with reindeer. So we keep a dry lot. We don't let them graze. And we have chickens and turkeys and stuff like that to eat the ticks. So that's one of the reasons behind all the chickens and turkeys. So part of it is if you look at um, a healthy farm, you can't, if you were to grow plants, you can't grow one crop on your plant, on your, on your soil forever and ever and expect good results. Over time, that crop destroys the soil. You have to amend it. You have to make sure that you keep everything balanced. Um, so that's my envision. When I look at the farm is what's going to bring and, and maintain a balance on our property. So the chickens and the turkeys and the guinea hens, they eat ticks. They'll kill snakes. They'll eat the other bugs. Um, that's that's a good thing for the reindeer farm. Okay. Um, we, we do beekeeping. So anything oh. anything we plant on our property in my mind has to be something the reindeer can eat, something the bees can use to live off of and something that will be good for the chickens to also um, have around. I don't want something that is good for the bees, but bad for the reindeer because then we have to keep the reindeer from eating that. Can you You give me an example of something like, um, not, not an exact example, but there are some things like, so the reindeer are ruminants. So anything that's not good for a ruminant. So um, like goats can eat thistles, horses and reindeer can eat thistles. Okay. Um, so you'd want to keep those down. Um, clover is something that's good for the bees, but the reindeers can only have it in, in moderation. And maple trees. Reindeer cannot eat maples. So yeah. no maple trees. Yeah. So no ornamental maples or anything like that. Mm. So we try to keep it to, um, again, the trees that we know reindeers... They love the apple leaves. They can eat apple leaves all day. So we can plant apple trees. They like um, willows. Willows and anything from the willow variety. So you know, so those are the t- types of trees we want to plant on our farm. They will create shade. That's one of the other things we talked about. Shade. We have trees that we've we've been planting and that we are planting in the future um, that hopefully will provide shade so that we don't have to continue this cycle of putting up shade cloth, (laughs) taking down shade cloth. We want to make the farm sustainable and all natural. I want to make it to where when people look outside, they don't see something that looks out of place. Okay. Veterinary care. Yeah. So we have a local vet here in town, um, really super great guy. 
and he has previous experience taking care of ruminants and and I can't remember the the type of deer he said. I think he said fallow deer. Fallow deer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not the same as reindeer, but they have similar um, anatomy. Um, there's not a lot of reindeer veterinarians. But luckily, our veterinarian went to school with someone who is a reindeer expert who lives up in the Ellensburg, Ellensburg area. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there is a vet up in Ellensburg who is considered to be one of the reindeer experts. Um, you know, they say it takes a village. It's like that with reindeer. The, the vets network with one, each, one mm-hmm. another and they talk when they have something they don't know what's going on. They talk to they talk to each other. And yeah. And our Facebook group is is really super helpful. Um, it's the Reindeer, reindeer Farmers, Farmers Association. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we are new to reindeer. We've had them for less than a year and, mm-hmm. and we're learning every day. So it's like, you know, you have to watch for abscesses in their mouth. You have to watch for abscesses on their feet. You have to, why, why do they have a bald spot on their leg or what happened here? Did, you know, is this a scar? Is this a, you know, something fresh? Um, so you post a picture on Facebook to their closed reindeer group and they say, oh yeah, one of our girls had that a couple of years ago and that's this, you know, this is what you got to do. Contact your vet, have them take a look at it and they'll, they'll prescribe an ointment or something. Um, luckily we haven't had any wounds. You know, the biggest thing we've had was, um, the one reindeer with the antler that was growing down towards her eye. Mm-hmm. We contacted the vet, told him we wanted to put a castration band on it and hopefully not have to do any kind of physical or mechanical cutting. Um, and the castration band worked. It fell right off and we didn't have any problems. So that was a really good blessing. A lot of people on the Facebook page were like, oh, put, you know, put a piece of wire and twist it really tight until it cuts off the circulation. And I was like, ooh, wire near an eye. Like, I don't want to be the one to do that, you know. So luckily the castration band, we went down to Coastal and there's a kit you can buy where it's a pair of pliers that opens up this really tight rubber band big enough to fit stuff through and you you, know, you, <laughs> you take it off and it stays really tight cuts off circulation hmm yeah <laughs> and that's this is something that we should have probably talked about earlier but we didn't so let's talk about their their antlers earlier you made a, a statement so let's talk reindeer antlers you met, and I don't want to make I don't want to misstate it, but the fastest growing? The fastest growing tissue on earth is reindeer antler. It grows up to one inch per day during its growth period in the springtime. Pretty cool. That's frightening. It's amazing. I mean, it really is frightening when you think about it. an inch yeah, a day. That's impressive. Yeah. When they're, when they're in heavy growth mode like that, does their behavior change? They eat more. They eat more. Mm-hmm. Got to make sure they have the nutrients. I mean, so. they're, they're, they're adding a bone, you know, they're growing a bone that isn't normally there, you know, and now they have to create it. So they need a lot more minerals, a lot more calcium, a lot more protein, wow. all the things that grow bone. They, they need to make sure it's there in the diet. So we have to add those supplements at the right time of year, um, which we always, we always have those supplements, but you're always like, oh, more, less, do they need it in the wintertime? Do they... Do they need it more now? When they're when they're in their heavy growth, are are they more active? Are they really sluggish? Are they? No, 
they behave the same. They're just very, they guard their antlers. So they're, when their antlers are growing, it's covered in a material called velvet mm-hmm. that's got all the vascularity inside. It's got all the blood vessels that carry the blood to that bone to help it grow so fast. Mm-hmm. So they're very sensitive. They don't much like to be touched on their antlers when they're growing. So they won't come at your points first when they're in velvet, which is kind of nice. So when you come here in the springtime to see them, they're pretty docile. All right. So earlier you mentioned that Santa's reindeer were probably all female, but your 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 crew out there they all have them, so they should be dropping them fairly soon. Any day. Yeah, we expect every day. Like we wake up and the first thing we do, look out the window and say, "Is there anyone who who lost their antlers overnight?" You know, okay. we're, we're always looking. And the reason they're losing them is because the new antlers coming up, kind of like a baby a tooth. baby tooth yeah. type thing. A, 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 okay. So every year, they're growing those racks, and they're shedding. They sure do. Yep. The the new one will push the old one off about this time of year. Mm -hmm. We'll go out there at some point and find them on the ground. Right. And then that velvet, you'll see that little velvet bud underneath there, and then they'll start that growth process again. They'll grow until about August, and August is right when the rut, the breeding season, will start. Mm-hmm. They'll start. They'll get that surge of hormone, which will make them want to rub that velvet off those antlers. It makes them very itchy. The mm-hmm. vascularity constricts. All the blood goes back down in, makes it itchy. They want to rub that velvet off. We give them trees to rub that velvet off, and it looks like a horror show for a couple days. <laughs> Big strands of bloody velvet and dripping blood, and it'll be clean in a couple days, and they'll look like a Christmas card again. Yeah, and when they first start rubbing, um, like it's it's white bone, like it's not the brownish color that we see. Really? So the first day they strip it off, it's just a pure white bone underneath. And then what happens is, just like our bones, the, there's blood inside the bone, and it starts to seep out. And as it dries, it, it takes on a reddish-brown patina. Um, but then everything they rub on just adds to the shine in the patina of the bone. So they rub on the trees. A little bit of that, you know, the burnish that happens on the bone makes it smooth and shiny and takes a little different color. Okay. Um, it's really neat. And they don't they drop their coat, though. So their summer coat... Yeah, they'll be um, next couple, probably in a month or so, they'll start to shed that winter coat. Mm-hmm. It'll start coming out kind of in clumps. Um, and then underneath is just the really pretty smooth, dark brown fur that they have um, for in the case of our reindeer, it's dark brown. Um, and that's a solid piece of hair. So it's kind of similar to the human hair. It lays flat. It doesn't, you know, it's not all coarse. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really nice and velvety feeling. Their winter coat is a little bit more coarse feeling. It's more like beard hair. So. And when does winter coat start coming in? August. August. Okay. Yeah. Around the time of the rut. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny because it's the hottest time of the year for right. us and they're starting to grow their coat. And I was, I was having a hard time wrapping my head around, like, why are they growing their winter coat? It's super hot. But realistically, this is it's driven not by the temperature outside. It's driven by the fact that it takes them months to grow that hair. Right. Um, that fur has to grow. It takes a long time. They're growing a lot of it. And if they don't have it grown in by the time winter comes where they would normally live, it would be detrimental for them. Right. What didn't I ask you? What didn't we cover? 
they have a little, this can be a reindeer fact too. Okay. They only have a bottom row of teeth oh, and they're yeah. very small. Um, so they have a, a palate on the top with no teeth and then very tiny teeth. So, so um, I don't want to say dental care is important because we don't go out there and brush their teeth. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> making sure that they're not being fed really overly sugary foods and treats and things like that is really important. You don't, you don't want them to get a cavity on their teeth because that's the only teeth they have. They don't regenerate teeth. Um, so they, you know, the diet that they typically eat isn't a, a sugary diet. They don't go out looking for, um, you know, candy bars and cookies like I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to make sure that your kid isn't inadvertently, you know. Right. Yeah. So, so a lot of times, you know, when we, when we talk to kids and, or when, during our, our reindeer tour, we ask people, what do you think reindeer eat? And everybody says, oh, raisins or no. Carrots. carrots. <laughs> the carrots is the number one. Okay. They eat carrots, they um, but they they're ruminants, eat. so they they eat grasses and they eat things like you know the leaves of trees and and things that other animals can't live off of because okay. the the rumination process allows them to digest things down to the cellulose level of of plant base. So they get a lot of nutrients out of things that wouldn't normally be nutrient rich for people or other animals. So fun fact about reindeer, you may have seen Disney's Sven on the movie Frozen. Disney thought that reindeer looked friendlier with top teeth. So they drew Sven, the reindeer character in Frozen, with a big smiley top teeth. Reindeer do not have top teeth. They only have a tiny little row of bottom teeth. And they're so tiny, they're really hard to see. You have to, you have to be able to like get right down at their level of their mouth while they're chewing. And you can. I think I'll pass on that. (laughs) They're they're friendly, but I don't think I want to get. And and again, because they're ruminants, they belch a lot. So there's a lot of you know you're out there feeding, and there's all these like like they'll they'll burp, and people like, oh, did you hear that? They growled. (laughs) They growled. They growled, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) they're growling. (laughs) So they belch, um, and and for us, you know, we fit fed out of that little container, so they've got their nose jammed in there. So when they belch in there. It's louder than normal, um, so so it does kind of sound like they're either growling or grunting, or you know, but you know they're they're belching. It's kind of humorous. Farms open year round. Year round. Yep. Okay. How far in advance do people need to make reservations? Uh, if our reservation system closes twelve hours, or closes was it midnight? I guess. The day before. December December is our busy time, so that books up quick. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're pretty available. Okay. Anything else? It's um, for us. I think part of the we we did this because we want to stop nursing eventually, and we want to be full time property people. You know, be on the farm and be managing this all the time. I think it's been a uh, eye-opening experience for us to still be juggling our nursing life and our reindeer farm life and trying to like sort it all out and you know we do still have to go work at the hospital and you know keep our our skills up and things like that so it's been a you know people people we get you know when we were in california they you're gonna go be reindeer farmers like that's just crazy and you know, so we're part-time nurses and full-time reindeer farmers right now. Okay. Hopefully we'll be full-time reindeer farmers in the near future and not part-time nurses anymore. I think one of the things I like most about our story is that we had this 
terrible pandemic of COVID and everybody's gloom and doom and all these stats and whatnot. But good things do come out of bad things. And I don't think we would have a reindeer farm if it had not been for the pandemic. So yeah, for sure. So there's a silver lining in, well, in all there's things. been I mean that's that's a, a reoccurring thread through a lot of my conversations with people is the most overused word is the word pivot. But everyone is found not everyone. People have found found ways to pivot Mm -hmm. and adapt and do something out of necessity where they might have postponed out of you you might want to open a reindeer farm but if if you were still able to travel and do what you wanted to you you might want to do it but you got distracted because you're going to Hawaii this this would have never happened because we would have always been like oh we're going to go on a cruise we're going to go hiking we're going to go do this and we would have eventually never done this right and so that's, you know, that's one of the things that's been interesting to hear is people's, people's stories. So, well, I thank you both. This was a lot of fun and very entertaining for me and in, in educational as I'm turning my head and looking out and they're all kind of sitting down now. <laughs> they're all just sitting. They were, they were all milling lazy around. reindeer. Yeah, they're lazy. Anyway, they're all just, uh, they're all just sitting out there and it's not every day you see a bunch of reindeer in somebody's backyard. So uh, <laughs> it's really not. It's, it's great when, you know, like you'll notice uh, you'll be out, out here just sitting and watching and they'll all get up and they'll stretch their legs and they'll kind of mill around and then they'll just start running and running and running in circles and, you know, jumping over the Christmas trees and they'll, they'll, you're like, why, what are they doing? And they just, one starts running and all the other ones just follow. It's, really? Yeah. It's pretty okay. interesting. It's entertaining. Best coffee spot in town is right yeah. here. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. I didn't ask you coffee. Okay. When you're going to go somewhere for a cup of coffee, not here, where, where do you like to go for coffee? Dutch Bros. Really? Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why, though. Okay. Um, every time I go to Starbucks and I say, can I get any drink with hazelnut Caesar flavor? They say no. As they should. No. <laughs> They don't have hazelnut. It's like, what? That's ridiculous. It's it's easy. It's probably the second most popular flavor in the world. Okay, so you're next you're... to pumpkin. Pumpkin's the most popular. <laughs> oh. oh, that just pains me. <laughs> That's according to other statistics. Not, D- not Dutch myself. Bros. Yeah, Dutch Bros. Okay. Tanya was a big fan of Starbucks for a long time. And I didn't understand it why, because I've gone there maybe a million times in my life and never once got my drink right. So I figured, let's go somewhere else. I'm still a fan of Starbucks. <laughs> okay. Dutch Bros. Yeah. My, my favorite drink at Starbucks now is black coffee because it's hard to ruin. So, uh, uh, Well, that's, that's, that's my, I drink black coffee yeah, everywhere, so, everywhere yeah, I go. So, I mean, that's, so. Good. that's easy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can't, well, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd, not, yeah. you'd be surprised. Um have you tried the up the road from you the monastery? Yes. We have not tried their coffee though. Two thumbs up. But their, I, their I got I got a great. cup of coffee on the way here. I stopped there, stretched oh. my legs, and I was like, okay, not bad. I actually, I tend to, I drink way too much coffee, and if you've listened to any of the episodes, you, you you know this to be you know this to be a repeat statement I make. But whenever I go, I like to support small roasters. I like to go check out people that are doing coffee. And so I bought a bag of their coffee while I was there. So I haven't I haven't tried it yet, but I had I had a, a cup of black coffee from them. It was, it was good. I'm looking forward to trying their coffee. But I thought it was just interesting that there's a Greek Orthodox monastery 
in Goldendale. That's right. Yeah. So when you come to the reindeer farm, you can stop by there too. Their pastries are amazing. Yeah. Are they? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they're chocolate. I mean, they make all the, they make everything right there. It's really, it's. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. The things you find yeah. off the beaten path. Definitely. And that's the fun part about this. So For sure. All right. Well, thank you both. Thank, thank you for you. coming. Thanks for having us. Well, you had me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.